Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Kit Marlowe will join us to discuss artificial intelligence. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, after decades as a sci-fi staple, artificial intelligence has leapt into the mainstream. Between Apple Series and Amazon's Alexa, machines that understand the world and respond productively suddenly seem very imminent. Well, what will this cause uh, for humanity and businesses? Well, join us today to discuss this issue is Mr. Kip Marlowe. Mr. Marlowe is a critically acclaimed author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. He is the founder and president of Marlowe Surgical Technologies, a successful entrepreneur and host of the Entrepreneur Club Radio. And he joins us today to talk about a AI on the planet. And Mr. Marlowe, we're uh, very pleased to have you today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much. I'm glad I'm invited. This is wonderful. Uh, well, certainly our pleasure. Certainly, I think, a fascinating topic and certainly uh, one that I think probably lingers a little bit on everybody's head. So uh, what really sort of the state of the advances in artificial intelligence and what does that mean really in businesses? Well, it, 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 robotics and artificial intelligence, uh, I kind of lump together a little bit. Um, uh, but in, in, from a business standpoint, and, and certainly from a standpoint of just life in general, we're going to see an escalation of this over a period of time. And one of the big question marks is, what will it do to the job market in America? Will it actually keep people from working? Will people be laid off? And um, this is kind of a question for the ages, but uh, uh, it's, a, it's a serious question and one we should really, really talk about with facts. And sometimes you don't always hear the facts. So I liken it to this artificial intelligence and robotics to the uh, iron horse in the early 1900s that came out that put, a, you know, put carriage makers out of business and buggy whip people out of business and blacksmiths out of business. But somebody still had to make the cars. They still had to build the roads. They still had to uh, make the tires for the cars and so on. And I see in the long term this be one of the robotics and artificial intelligence being one of the absolutely biggest job builders ever in our history. So a lot of the argument on the gloom side is that it is different from those other solutions in the sense that capacity really to almost take over every field of endeavor, and that kind of change has never really been seen before. Do you, do you think that there is evidence that it's going to result in these sort of changes like previous innovations in the past? I do. I, I, you still have to have, um, you know, if you have children that are going to go to college, encourage them to either be an attorney or a, um, a robotics engineer or a robotics designer or a software engineer, something like that. That's where the jobs are going to be. And the problem that, that I see is that so many schools, especially high schools today, do not have STEM, STEM schools. They don't have STEM courses. And this is going to be a real serious problem over the, over the years, and it could displace a lot of workers. There's no question about that. So we've got to get educated. We just have to get educated. 
the sort of economies of the future will look like? Is it really just going to be uh, built around us uh, maintaining these machines and creating new ones? I, I think so. I, I think that's going to be a big part of it. I just found out the other day uh, that they're making forklift trucks, for example, that are driverless. And the forklift trucks can, can actually go into your big box store and put stuff on a, on a shelf. There's Uber, the, the company that uh, is the ride-hailing the, the ride hailing company, the taxi company, so to speak, online. Uh, Uber has just hired away 40 scientists from Carnegie Mellon University's robotics center to build a driverless car or a driverless taxi. So this is going it, to, there's going to be so many changes in the, in the future that we're going to have to, we're going to have to understand that education will have to be at a premium. But you still have to, you know, you still have to have somebody write the software. You still have to have somebody uh, be able to build the machines. You still have to, some, have to have somebody design the machines. So there's going to be uh, more of a higher level of education required uh, than, than in some places today. And we have to deal with that. And the American educational system has to uh, uh, kind of stand up and go, oh, my goodness, big changes are coming. We better get these kids ready for it. Uh, and I don't think they're doing that right now. So what do you foresee for the short term and the long term and the transition in between? I think in the short term, it could play out where people could lose some jobs. There's no question about it. In the long term, if we're educated enough, uh, it will create more jobs because uh, robotics is going to be in every single in industry. Artificial intelligence is going to be in every single industry. You, you even have artificial intelligence programs in accounting now where the accounts payable and accounts receivable departments are actually using special software that eliminates a lot of people. And those people that are eliminated have to be, re, they're going to have to go someplace else where they're not using it, but in the long run, they're going to have to understand and retrain themselves. The jobs of today, when I had the business, the life cycles for various products uh, was seven years. Now it's more like four years. So the velocity of business is changing, and that means more robotics, more artificial intelligence, uh, more investment in these things because, let's face it, a robot in a manufacturing plant uh, does not come in late, does not have a fight with his or her spouse, doesn't call in sick, doesn't take personal days, uh, and costs the company a lot less money. So you've got to understand that economics is driving this as well as anything else, as well as the technology. I hope that makes sense to you and your listeners, but that's what's, that's what's really happening out there. So in the aggregate, then, you don't really need as many uh, programmers as you do factory line workers. So possibly, robotics, yeah. yeah. I, I, you're, you're possibly right. And the, the only caveat I have to all this is that when, when robots and artificial intelligence can now be humanized, and they're the ones that make the robots, what will the world look like then? And it was that famous physicist, uh, Stephen Hawking, who even said in 100 years, will, they need, will we need people? And that's one heck of a good question. I won't be around in 100 years, so it won't make that much difference. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll all just be lounging on a beach somewhere and the robots will be uh, just serving us Mai Tais, you know. <laughs> That's right. There you go. And the only thing, the only profession, I think, that will not be affected by robotics is radio show hosts. How do you like that? 
<laughs> I oh, think, you know. yeah, sure, we'll, we'll can all focus, so I guess. <laughs> Um, so, so what, what then are, I guess, are your recommendations then for uh, business owners preparing for these changes? Well, I think that uh, I think that the business owners themselves are going to have to understand they're going to be almost required to have internal training programs for their employees, retraining programs to, that uh, enable their employees to uh, be able to, you know, code and do software and make software and take care of the robots and and that that kind of thing. Uh, even I think it's Caterpillar, a company near you offering robotic machines that will actually take products off the shelf and, and re-put them in a different shelf or relabel them or, you know, things like that. So we're, we're in a, this is a revolution and it's not going to, it's not going to stop and it's going to continue uh, to get bigger and bigger and bigger, especially in the areas like manufacturing when there's, when there are not enough people trained, uh, to, uh, to run machines. Uh, they're going to be using robots to do that. I guess there are the recommendations then for implementing these new technologies to do it correctly. Uh, otherwise, it, it might actually cost them in the long, uh, short and long run. I think so, yes. It, 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 you're absolutely right on that. It, it, they're going to have to uh, – the business owners, and I know in big business it's happening for sure, in small business uh, to a lesser extent because the small business people don't have the money to do a lot of this. But in small business especially, you know, find a way to automate. Find a way to uh, to to keep your payroll down. Find a way to lower your costs because it's going to be a big thing. We'll bring back a lot of manufacturing from China if our costs continue to be lowered, and this is one way to lower them. Uh, well, it is a certainly fascinating issue. We are running slightly out of time, though. I'm, I'm curious if you have final general comments, I guess, regarding this issue and sort of move into the future of, of robotics and artificial intelligence. I think that I think that the uh, the key word here is people need to be retrained and trained to uh, to be able to deal with this and be able to work in the robotics industry and uh, and get ready for the driverless cars and maybe even driverless trucks, uh, which which they already have, but it's a little bit more difficult to do. Uh, and and just those are the keys. We should all uh, absolutely push our. Uh, education programs or public education especially to to build STEM schools and teach more um, uh, you know science technology engineering math to uh, the kids who have the proclivity to uh, to understand it and w really want to work at it uh, so that that to me are the keys uh, we've got to educate and re-educate and retrain and if we do that we're all we're going to be fine I think it's a it's a good prescription for success, and hopefully uh, follow it. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> just you got to you got to push your local school districts. You got to push people to get 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 trained even more than they're trained now. Well, we were just talking with Kip Marlowe. He's a founder and president of Marlowe Surgical Technologies, business advisor, strategist, and a critically acclaimed author of The Entrepreneur's Success and Sacrifice. And Mr. Marlowe, I want to thank you very much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.